1: Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. You did it. You made it. It's Friday. Literally, it's after 1 o'clock on Friday. Just go home. You think that's fair if everybody just left work right now? Okay, bye.
0: (laughs) You can't leave. (laughs) Okay, bye. Lucas can't leave.
1: Robert can't leave.
0: Lucas was in there dying laughing when I said bye. Yeah, man, it's, it's always tough. Not us. It, We're going to talk
1: to people on the way home. Oh, on the way yeah. home. Oh, okay. We're just going to, like okay. they go, and just, however long their commute is, we'll just ride it with them. having a good time, man. Cousin Andrew said, what if you work from home? Where do we go? I don't know. Like, go to somebody's office and just look around.
0: Oh, no, just go walk around the block. Get yeah. Out, move around.
1: Put your Walkman on and listen mm. to 104.5 The Zone.
0: Oh, yeah, get down to that. Yeah.
1: know well, I'm, I'm in an actual Walkman.
0: Oh, you! (laughs) (laughs) I still have mine. It's a sport. But I wanted to kind of divert that because you know a lot of people probably don't know what a Walkman is. (laughs) Do you know what it is?
1: Is it the CD? (laughs) Yeah, I, is it? Uh, is it is it? <laughs> it's a CD player, right? It's a well, CD player. If you had one, had one with a one CD as a player. I had one as a kid. Yeah, you yeah. had a no, Walkman. it's yeah. a cassette player. Oh, it's a cassette player. A, a true player. Walkman okay. is only a radio or a radio with a cassette player. Okay. I did yeah. not have a cassette player. I did have a, as a little kid, I had a CD player with yeah, headphones I that, that I would too. listen to all my dad's yeah. U2 CDs driving around on no, road He's a trips. big U2 guy, huh? Huge, huge. Oh. That's what he raised me on. Hey, Not a Mickey? He can't be very old. Your dad. He's uh, in his mid 50s. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello, son. That, yes. Now have All got on right, the right.
0: Do you know your dad is the same bye. age as Mickey? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Me, i just nice knowing know you guys. That. Oh, my. Okay. All right. Well, because Lucas, you're you're 26. 26. Okay. Oh, I was. I was God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Buck is like 28, right? Buck's 28. Okay. okay. As right. as is Robert. Oh, okay. so so All now right. from here on out, you just say yes, Dad. He <laughs> is your
1: work dad.
0: Where we going with as We don't add a Y at the end of that. I'm good. <laughs> oh,
2: oh, you don't have to call me Daddy. No. That's right. <laughs> oh my, Mickey is turning Burt
1: red, man. This uh, is hilarious. <laughs> But I did have um, a CD player, not a Walkman.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I had a CD player, man. That was the good old days. That was like, man, you just had it going on, man. I remember <sighs> thinking the iPod shuffle was insane. Oh, the coolest yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. Did you
1: see the news recently? They just stopped making iPods. Ah,
0: yeah, that, I saw it on Twitter. They
1: announced that like a month ago. Yeah. I like what late. kind of iPods? Because maybe they kept making iPod touches and not the Nano and the and oh, the I don't know. Maze. It Just they discontinued the right. franchise <laughs> about a month ago? And that was one of those things. Like, wait, there's still those. It wasn't news that they stopped making them. It was the news that they were actually they were still a thing. I have one somewhere. I have the little one that held like 700 songs or whatever. Did it have a screen? No, it was the tiny yeah. one, like the size of the a keychain. Yep, yeah. the shuffle, just a tiny little like square that didn't have a screen i dumped like a bunch of motley Crue and Def leopard into it so i could stop carrying my tapes around i was oh, just full man. of u2 and you
0: acdc as a six or, or, or you just Mickey? or did you just have your a-track in your camaro <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah, never, yeah, yeah. you're kidding me i never had a camaro oh, man i always wanted a camaro or trans am and my uncle had one i was like oh man i'm getting one of those the three oh i'm not man. kidding you and you take the, the glass out the T-Tops. Yeah, the T-Tops. Oh, you had to take it out and unlatch it. Oh, I love that. Oh, I'm getting one of them.
1: The three best-looking girls from my hometown. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. We, we went, I, I, you caught me off guard. Girls. The three best-looking girls from my hometown were all two years older than me. Mm. Lee Ellen, Priscilla, Hell, Tisha.
0: So, so, so they're 60
1: now. <laughs> what a <laughs> of names. Lee Ellen, Tisha, Priscilla, very Southern names. Lee Ellen had a gold Transam. Priscilla had this bluish gray Priscilla. Transam. I've never oh, seen man. one that color again. And Tisha, who was blonde, had a red Transam. The three best looking girls in my high school each had their own Transam. They all bought at the same time. Their dads were farmers. They all got a new Transam. They all lived on a gravel road and had a Transam, which like would drag the rocks as it drove down the road, but they had Transams.
0: Well, that's a great question since we had no ideas. Well, sure favorite dream car when you were growing up as a kid man man that's that's a tough one for me man it goes all over the place yeah good 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 job there right content i did Mickey. that sure <laughs> you're the director of content you steered it into content man, like you always is, did that is oh man i don't know what what oh man i want to say it was just i was up there the trans am was up there yeah, hey, it was up there.
1: Did you want the one with like the full bird on the hood and everything? You remember that? Yes,
0: mm. of course, with the raised hood, with the, mm, yeah, got to have that. The uh, scoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I wanted the black because you know what? They used that for the Indy 500 oh, as, the, as the pace cars. Yeah, and I said, uh-oh, oh, I want that. I'm going to get that. Mm-hmm. And then it was in a movie, too, a big time. you know. Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, that, but uh, no, it was like a regular movie. That was like a show, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I like, I think that that was at the top.
1: So when you sign your Titans contract, sometimes guys will just do something crazy and they'll go buy like their childhood favorite car. Did you ever get tempted, like, I'm going to go buy
0: a Black Trans Am, screw this? No, no, no. You no. bought a Camry. Yeah, I bought, <laughs> but no, I, I waited until like after my season was, my first season was over. No, you know what I did? I lived through Beehop and he brought his 300 ZX. And I was ZXing all the time. Ooh.
1: Yep. you like, hey, I'll keep this one, like, keep the battery fresh for you. I'll yeah. drive that. He, yeah.
0: He was, the, for and people who don't and remember. And then he drove me on the freeway and went about 200 miles an hour. And I said, I'm never riding with you again. I promise you that. <laughs> Brad Hopkins, your your same draft class to the Oilers. Yeah, he was the first pick. I was the last. <laughs> he, so I was, uh, he always says I, I wasn't. I was freeloading off of Beehop. There's no question about it. I was paying him $200 a month to stay in his nice, beautiful uh, townhome that he bought. And, uh, and he had like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but he had five cars. And so I didn't buy a car. I'm like, why? I need to buy a car. I can just drive this. And then the facility was right across the street. So I was like, I'll walk to practice or I'm going to use one of these cars. So then I made a bargain with him. Hey, man, I let your dog out to go pee and I feed him in the evenings because he never came home after practice. Okay. And, and then I get to drive one of your cars. He was like, Yeah, yeah, it'd be 200 it so 200 bucks. Nice. He just said, ah, oh, sure. 200 bucks and yeah, let and the this, dog he, pee. He told me uh, 800, but I kept coming up a little short. So he just like, Just make it 200 <laughs> because he knew he was going to get 200 out of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm serious now. I was not making it. I mean, he got like 2 million signables. I'm throwing round figures out there just to make it easy. And I got $25,000 before taxes. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, And you still need to make the team, right? Yeah,
0: even though I was the last round, I, st- I just was like, I got to make the team. I, I was fo- I was focused, man. I, I was a young, focused guy, and that was just like it. And if I got cut, you know what? I was going to live and die, but I gave it all I got. And guess what? I, I don't care. I, I did the best I could do. And I, I was not gonna. Lie. I was studying at night. I wasn't going out. Wasn't doing nothing. You were watching that dog whiz and yeah. getting yeah. home, I, doing stuff I didn't want to do. Getting a cold tub. <laughs> I never got in a cold tub. What are you talking about? Cold tub. And I was like, hey man, it's the day off. I gotta get in a cold tub. I'm going to a facility. Yeah, yeah. Boredom, man. And yeah, I, I made made production and pro- you know productivity out of boredom because I was so focused. Yeah. I was always trying to get better. There was nothing in my mind but that. Not even, oh, let me get my dream car. No. that I got a car that next year when basically, B-Hop said, I'm moving and you're not going with me. <laughs> he was shedding the dead weight. Sorry, man. He was like,
1: you got to go. Did uh, you still have your Renault Alliance in the garage? No,
0: oh, that thing couldn't have made it there. That thing, no. It was, oh, man, that thing had a busted muffler and a... <laughs> This is a car I had in college, and the, you know, the interior was hanging, hitting the top of your head. <laughs> the one window was broke where it didn't roll all the way up, so I put a trash bag over that. And this is my draft. I got drafted. I stayed the same. No, mm-mm. Nope. Oh man, I was like, man, I got that check. It was basically like twelve thousand dollars after tax. I was like, oh, well, this is not no money. Twelve thousand dollars. I couldn't even, I could barely furnish an apartment. What are you talking about, man? Woof. <sighs> yeah. So I just laugh when I see the rookie side of contract. That's all I made in my whole career. Like, oh my God, they have no idea. Yeah. But you know, if you're going to compare it to like, and all know, guaranteed now, these rookie contracts. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. So just, I'm glad that happened though. Cause that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was focused on getting me a, a car maybe my second year. I got me a Toyota Camry, but yeah, we go through. What was your favorite car, your childhood dream car when you were growing up? And did you ever get it? Oh, the Z twenty eight was big on my list too. Oh, Z twenty eight in those days. Look at people, how that be hot fitting there? And you know what's so funny? He squaws his big butt in there too every time in three hundred ZX. And he was three hundred ZX. And I people say, man, why did you buy this car? You can barely fit in here. Because it's cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's oh, what he cool. said. Oh, yeah. it was a cool car. And I said, "Well, when you get rid of it, just throw it over here to me because you you can't fit in here, man. This is uncomfortable."
1: John Eccles said a stick shift Bronco. It was bad to the bone. That was bad to the bone. Um, a lot of people weighing in on this. Somebody it said a '96 Impala. Oh, uh, that's cool. Uh, that would have been a cool ride back in the day.
0: My aunt had a Bonnieville, the old school one. Like my mom had 19- a Bonnieville. Oh, and it looked like it was pristine, like it had never been touched i was so mad when she traded that i was like why did you do that that thing with baby blue look like it had never been in a wreck or anything clean she kept everything clean
1: my mom had a sky blue metallic not baby blue but like the color of the of like the deep blue sky not today but deep blue metallic bonneville with a white top blue with a white top and white leather interior and when I was a kid, a bottle exploded and cut my head open. It almost knocked my eye out. And she had to put me in that car and drive me to the hospital. And I bled all over, over, it. It. Oh, over it. It looked man. like a crime scene in there. Oh man! Yeah, that car never quite looked the same man. after that. Blue Bonneville with white interior. Yeah,
0: yeah. That it was
1: probably a '71 yeah. or '2 model. Yeah,
0: I don't know what year this. I want to say it was. Oh, like, but it would look brand new.
1: Do you remember from our time, Do you, did anybody that you know have a Toyota Supra? Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. It looked yeah. like a race car. car.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was scared. I was scared of that
1: speed. Mazda RX-7, remember those? Oh, People had those. That was a really cool car for the time. Mm-hmm. My sister had a 90s manual Toyota T-top Supra. Fire. Mm-hmm. This is John Eccles.
0: Who said they wanted a
1: Pinto? Nobody. Nah. It's explode on impact. <laughs> that,
0: <that's
1: it. laughs> uh, Buck Rising is going to join us next. You can keep weighing in those, weighing, weighing in on this on the zone TV chat. Uh, Buck will join us next. Titans have got minicamp coming up. They got practice, the rookies and the vets. And there's lots of stuff going on and we'll get to all of that next with our buddy Buck. Let's see, something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here,
2: ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait,
1: we're, we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's
2: just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess.
0: Ma'am, can you not see us?
2: Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at cumulusboost.com.
1: Blaney Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Buck is supposed to be on with us. He's nowhere to be found. Come on, Buck. Maybe he's off buying his dream car. He could oh. buy it from uh, well, then it's right here. Two Rivers Ford. His visit is brought to you by Two Rivers Ford. I'm <laughs> the non-commissioned salespeople. There you go. It's a radio transition.
0: Uh, but, but It was one of the things I wanted to ask him, though, is we saw by Jeremy Fowler on the report with Henry, you know, potentially you know, that the organization, right, w- was open to an extension.
1: Yep. That I just kind of snuck out in a whole other
0: article about that. Yeah, Jeremy Fowler, right? mm mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so I, I was a little intrigued there because I, I was trying to figure out – I could see that from Henry's side, but from the Titans' side, but they said that the Titans – they put the Titans in the conversation that they would be open – to an extension to to Henry, so so if let's just say Henry side put that out there, why did they say that the Titans would be interested in giving Henry an extension? It's ride. one thing to put it out there, but it's a whole other thing then to put them in the name, a la Nick Saban. <laughs> Do not put people's names come out your mouth. Yeah, yeah, Darren. thanks for arriving, Buckman. How you doing, man? Oh, you're a Grizz fan, huh? What does that say? Oh, no, no. it's the
2: Raw Room. That's Darren Bates' podcast. I uh, got a shirt out of it. So,
0: oh, it's, okay. a, it's a cool
2: shirt. Maybe, you know, maybe questionable in yes. some states, perhaps, but yeah, so, some copyright issues there, but still a very nice. It's like a Kilroy shirt when, uh, Blaine probably knows Kilroy's, uh, at IU. They skirted the copyright rules all the time on the Thursday. Thirsty Thursday, three dollar T-shirts, yeah. but I still have many of that bar clothed me through college.
0: Yeah, I'm still wondering where I was when I woke up at the Indy 5. So. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> the Indy 500, you could be anywhere. You could, you could be missing a you could be missing a kidney at the Indy 500. So Especially is, if you're hanging
2: out in the Coke lot, is, head on a swivel. Is there any?
1: Was there rumbling? You know, when you were running your traps at any because Jeremy <laughs> Fowler slipped this into a, 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 a what? There were 28 people, I think, mentioned in the article. There's a lot. And and, and he just kind of slips in there. Well, the Titans
2: are open to extending Derrick Henry, maybe to lower some of these cap hits and salary numbers. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting too. And I, I think Blaine's point is something that people should be thinking about in particular is to, okay, why mention the Titans by name? If this is coming from potentially, if you were to say, all right, well, it makes sense from Derek's representation standpoint, Mm -hmm, right. right? Why, why is, why is it the Titans open to the possibility? And, there's any number of ways that that could come about, right? Maybe the agent approached John Robinson and Vin Marino to the effect and said, hey, would you guys be open to the idea of talking about this? And they probably say, eh, okay, we're open to discussing just about anything. But how much we're willing to commit to is a different matter entirely. Because from their standpoint, yeah, what, what Fowler laid out there about the cap hit over the next two years and how they could bring it down and keep Derek on the roster – through the the life of this contract that he's on, it makes sense to me only if you are actively seeking another trade uh, that would potentially need several years of a lowered cap hit to make work, or if you're exploring the free agent market of what's left. And it's you know they have people paid to do that year round, so that's not any kind of huge leap. That's not any kind of breaking news. It just financially as a good business decision. It does not make sense to me because, Derrick Henry, you are operating in a perfect space if you're the Titans with Derrick Henry. There's no guaranteed money left on his deal. If there's a drop-off, you can get out from it very easily. If you think that Derrick can still be productive in some form or fashion, a la red zone offense, because he's still a giant of a human being, and he's still bigger and stronger than most people, he can get he can get you two yards for a touchdown Even if even at whatever point his athleticism ceases to be the thing that makes him special, right? There there has to be a strategy there that you would that would be clear and obvious for everybody if they were to explore an extension, not just with one year left on his deal, but with two years left on his deal. And it's it's complicated, right? Because 15 a 15 million dollar cap hit this year and a 15.5 million dollar cap hit. Next year is a lot of money at a running for a running back, no matter who that running back is, especially having no idea how he's going to respond to this recovery from the foot injury.
1: Buck rising, our guest, again brought to you by Two Rivers Ford, home of the non commissioned salespeople. Um you you kind of handed it this, and I think Titans fans might look at it this way. Really, you can easily get out of his contract after this year. It's set to end right after he turns 30 currently cuz he's 28 now so he would be 30 I think when the next 2 year season ended. Yeah. I think a lot of people would say there's it's so not messy right now.
2: There's nothing messy about it other than the cap hits. Those are messy. And, and you know, it becomes a question of, and we've talked about this. You'll be
0: kicking everything down the curve, too,
2: now. Yes. Right, which is exactly what got them anchored to Tannehill, which Uh, is the thing that everybody's been complaining about. And listen, Derrick Henry has a lot more goodwill built up with Titans fans than Ryan Tannehill does. But still, that ceases at a point for everybody once you stop being the kind of overwhelmingly special that Derrick has been. Derrick can go on to have... Three more productive years, five more productive years. I have no idea. Derek's different. We all know this. Um, but there are, there are certain considerations that have to be taken with him. And the idea that they're preparing for it. I mean, that's Hassan Haskins' whole existence on this roster. They're making ready for that. If, if it indeed becomes a case where Derek Henry's future here is in question, because it's not a Darrington Evans. It's not a change up. It's not a different skill set. Than what derrick henry already provides it's what deontay foreman was which is a uh a lighter version of derrick henry right similar running style similar physicality that's not that's not somebody that you're putting in on a on an obvious passing down situation splitting them out wide and trying to get him to run routes it's it's what derrick does
0: Mm. um, just to add to that one more thing where do you think CAA is involved in this? Because it seemed like they're all interconnected. Even if you have a different agent with CAA, naturally they're having conversations amongst themselves. Say, so, hey, man, what do you think about, you know, uh, maybe redoing uh, Henry to help you guys on the cap? That way he can be there longer and those things. So granted, they're one of the, if not the best, uh, you know, agency in the nfl yeah uh well you know, hell
2: I, in anything I, I mean,
0: right. I mean, they also represent john robinson too correct
2: yes they represent yeah. i mean they represent adam schefter they represent john robinson right. like it's all when people really dig into how this works on the pro level and frankly the college level which how much mm-hmm. is controlled by the agents and the power brokers mm-hmm. then you really start to see how the chess pieces are moved um the cia component of this is interesting and it probably gives Titans fans a bad taste in their mouth because they just, they just saw what that feels like with AJ Brown. And AJ went from having precious little leverage to all of a sudden getting exactly what he wanted from a different team. And that seemed to be largely orchestrated by the people tasked with
0: representing him. Mm, now rewind that. Now is Derrick Henry doing that just in his soft way? Because notice how, where's Derrick Henry? Is he here? I have no idea.
2: No, he's in Dallas. He just bought a house.
0: Oh, oh, okay. I so, saw. So I saw him tweet there. out a picture. So where's the uproar? All oh, right. About- well, well, people like him a lot more than they do Tannehill playing. <laughs> well, well, he was also drafted by the organization. Tannehill was not. Sure. Uh, Tannehill doesn't do a lot of things in the community. Henry does. I mean, so there's a whole other factors involved in that besides play. So
2: course. to to I I don't know specifically whether Derek is doing something like this, but here's what I'll say. You could hardly blame him if he did. They are going to run him into the ground. He was already averaging 29 touches per game. I mean, he's a running back on a big expensive contract and they want the value out of that big expensive running back contract. DeMarco Murray was a great example of this in Dallas, right? Where they just said, we're going to run it and run it and run it some more. And then we're not going to resign you at the end because we got the mileage, right? We got the best years out of DeMarco Murray. Then, you know, the Titans ended up getting him in a different kind of deal because the Philadelphia thing was uh, stupid anyway. The way that they, Chip Kelly had that whole situation and it ended up benefiting the Titans for one season. Mm -hmm. But if you were Derrick Henry and you saw, okay, Todd Downing is just going to hand me the ball because that's the thing that Todd knows works, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we saw for the, through the first nine weeks of the season. Derrick Henry, Derrick well, Henry, we can Derrick say it's Henry. It's Todd
0: Downing, but that's also what Vrabel wants.
2: Oh yeah, and we've asked Mike about that, right? Mike Mike gave zero indication that they had any any issues with his workload. Mm-hmm. That has been given to us several times. That is that is the way that most football teams would approach that. So it would be. Completely reasonable for Derrick Henry to say, Hey, hey, hey guys, like, you know, okay, down, but let's talk about this (laughs) as far as what this means for my future. Cause like, like we said, there's no guaranteed money left. They can get out from under Derrick Henry at whatever time they want to. And from Derek's standpoint, even as mild-mannered or more mild-mannered as he might be, he may be looking around or somebody may be saying to him, hey, buddy, let's talk about your future because there's a lot of people's financial futures tied to Derrick Henry as well that have vested interest in his continued success. Mm.
0: There you have it. Buck Rising on here on the Blaine and Mickey Show giving us the business on the Derrick Henry Maybe extension, or maybe not. I guess now, <laughs> leading on to, you know, have you gotten over the A.J. Brown and the trade? Uh, you know, I, I tried to forewarn you that anything is possible. You said this would never happen. You're right. And, and so, do you think you or, or the fan base is going to get over? Because now they say, oh, he has a camp here, and now he's trying to get out of the camp. Oh, Ferg's just having a camp here. He's not. Well. He doesn't live here anymore. He's not <laughs> with the team, you know, and so... Where where do you think this all, you know, where do you think the fans all lie on the AJ Brown now at this point?
2: Oh, they're probably still hurt and it'll take some people longer to get over it. I mean, I came in here pissed off as hell on Friday because what, what happened? And I, you know, I mean, we all talked about Vrabel's facial expressions during that press conference Mm -hmm. where Mike was clearly pissed and the way that Mike was projecting, even if he was saying the company lines, right? I think most people probably felt that way. Mike Vrabel got embarrassed by A.J. Brown. Mike Vrabel said, Blaine, you said, you're right, to bring up the idea that I said, it's never going to happen, right? There's no reason why it would happen. Mike did the same thing with Rich Eisen. Got on Rich Eisen, said, A.J. Brown's not on the trade block as long as I'm the head coach. But, well, well, well,
0: but we also, what else can he say? He cannot say that he's not. He, he's so So he's put in a position where he can't say anything but that. It's a tough spot, right? Because...
2: Mike wants to back his guy. They did everything they could to make A.J. Right. feel supported, right?
0: Because right, I'm the head coach, I'm going to say, oh, no, we, we're never going to do a great, our, our, our number one receiver. Why would we do that? Especially. Meanwhile, you could be backdoor, say, hey, man, we've got to get rid of this guy and get as much as we can get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what did John works. do?
2: Remember what John did when we, when I think it was the pre draft press conference with John and Mike?
0: It was at the combine.
2: I don't know. It was at St. Thomas Sports Park. I think the the pre draft press conference. Pre draft press press conference, right? I don't foresee trading.
0: Yeah. I don't
2: foresee trading. And Mike is in a different spot than John. Mike has to be a hell of a lot more involved with AJ on a day to day, hour by hour basis than John does. So it is a tough spot. But Mike got embarrassed in that moment because Mike said something definitively which he has no control over. Mike does not have personnel control here. And he said the thing that would indicate that he has some kind of say in personnel. And the thing got hijacked in a way that was clear and obvious to everybody. I think the way that it happened hurts hurts people more than the idea that he's gone. Like, you will feel that at some point. There will be bumps and bruises as the Titans offense tries to get figured out in its newest iteration because we're talking about at least five new starters on that on that side of the ball two wide receivers a tight end 66
0: i mean
2: it's it's the defense it's the defense from 2020 right yeah. they did the same thing and it's harder it's harder on the offensive side of the ball to get that kind of thing where at least on defense you you can say okay rush cover figure that out and we'll get things up to speed after that offense it's going to look like a bit more of a slog
0: mm. There you have it. We went with uh, Buck Risey from the Buck Risey show right before the Blaine and Mickey show. Uh
2: that's right. Always. Um
1: What do the Titans need more right now, today, of these two things?
2: A veteran wide receiver or a veteran offensive line? Mm. Uh offensive line. Offensive line for sure. Um, because Ryan Tannehill, like, I get the Traylon Burks thing freaked people out on day one, and there's gonna be a reaction to that, rightly or wrongly so. We'll see if it turns into a thing as we continue to get through the offseason and, and one bad day of work should not define this person right out of the gate. Now they are in a different spot with the wide receiver market. And I do think that they could still stand to do some work there, but they are perilously thin on the offensive line. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about, uh, Nicholas Petit Frere is a third round pick. He needs, he almost needs to start like out of the gate. He almost needs Dylan Raiden's or Nicholas Petit Frere has to start. One or the other. And in a perfect world, both. Beyond that, what is there? Jamarco Jones is not a experienced player. This is somebody with 10 NFL starts on his resume, and maybe they see potential in him. Um, Mike, Mike said as much at the owner's meetings, but outside of that, Dennis Kelly went to the Colts. I don't understand why on earth, especially with his brother here, that that couldn't be figured out, but it was my understanding that they didn't, they didn't really contact Dennis. Next to it all, other than his brother's like, yeah, I'm going to Tennessee. Um, there's not a lot of good options out there Aaron, left. Aaron Brewer. I mean, you know, another
1: in-house guy. There's he's, some people, he's a smallish dude, but there are some people who think that he's going to be in the, in that running for the left guard spot.
2: So Tyler Linderbaum was, that was the biggest hit on him coming out of the draft process, right? The Iowa Center. He's a small, he's mm-hmm. undersized. The difference with somebody like Tyler Lindenbaum coming out of Iowa, which is a, Program that produces pros on a regular basis. Um, and Aaron Brewer coming out of, I believe, Texas State. Texas State. It's not, it's not the same pedigree of athlete, of technician that would allow you to make up for the size deficiencies. Brewer may be, may give them something, but I don't, I think the more of Aaron Brewer you see, it's almost like, remember Breon Borders? Mm. Like the more Breon Borders you saw, the, Less good you felt about Breon Borders. People got film on them. You started to watch him more. It was no longer okay. Ty Smith is getting roasted by Ben Roethlisberger. Let's get Breon Borders out there, and he can give you at least a good, good sample size the rest of the way through. That's how I kind of feel about Aaron Brewer. And like, if that's that's your best option, that's your best option. An undersized guard slash center as your offensive line depth. Um, I they they are and need to continue to evaluate that position as a place where they need to add pieces.
1: Who do you think will be the starting five offensive linemen Tuesday when we get to go watch? God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know three of them, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, so, Taylor Lawan, I would I would imagine that they would rep Radens at right tackle before they repped him at left guard. Um if you were to see, I bet it's Lawan, Jamarco Jones, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, and Dylan Raiden's at right tackle. I bet that's what it looks like at first. Um, because Petit first still has a lot of work to do before they can consider that. Now it may be four games into the regular season, like it was with Nate Davis, where yeah. um Jameel Douglas is getting his ass kicked by Grady Jarrett, and you say, Okay, Nate, let's let's go. Now's the time. Like, let's figure it out. So you may have a circumstance like that, but I bet. What Robinson said of Raiden's is, we know he can play tackle, he's worked summit guard. Well, if you know he can play tackle, let's start there and see how it goes. We're starting right here with Buck Rising, who joins us here on Blaine
1: and Mickey.
0: Well, I only have one more question. That is, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about defining a player after a practice. I think that's being really extreme. I think what makes this all extreme is how the Titans handled this whole situation. Why don't we get to talk to Burks after not only that practice, what's to say at the end of camp? And then that he can explain it. You still have time to get your story together, whether it be right or wrong. You still have time. or telling us the truth, mm-hmm. and so then that makes everybody then think the worst. Sure. That's what happens. So oh, we if, were blame. We
2: were all sitting out there waiting for him on Saturday, right. and then we were told, yeah, that's it for today.
0: Right. So no, nobody said. Well, why can't we talk to Burks? Or, are we going to get him at the end of the, the the session or when practices are over the last day? Because to me, this is what makes things wrong with it. It makes people regard, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't see him, but regardless of what people say on one side or the other, no big deal. It doesn't matter. It was a deal at the time. Yeah. So, so that is the, we're, we're talking like, yeah, can he be in shape for the next? Yeah, he can be, mm-hmm. but uh, there's adjustment needs to be made. He needs to take ownership in that and move forward. So then he has to answer questions to it. That's one thing about being a first rounder, you know, and a big time player is you got to own up to. Maybe you weren't quite in shape. That's okay. Agreed. What I will say to you, Blaine, is I don't think that's
2: I, it's. I don't think that's his call. I don't think it. No, was. I didn't
0: say. I said the Titans. Okay. Yes, I said the Titans. Agreed.
2: Well, so like let's let's look at it through the prism of Vrabel and injuries, right? Same kind of thing. Mike is staunch. We're not going to talk about injuries, no matter how minimal or how you know how meaningless it may be for us to give you anything on this front. We're not going to do it. Right,
0: we're just what Creates Andrew. another
2: story unto itself, right? It right? does. Because then you time. speculate. Every time.
0: So now we've done the same thing oh, exactly. I, do with- it. I would say, oh, I think it's lower body, his knee, ankle. I have no idea.
2: Sure. So let's let's look at that through the same prism. You've created a, a story out of Traylon Burks that need not exist
0: if we just talked to Traylon Burks. Right. Right. Well, so they created a story by not letting him have a conversation. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, I dispute none of that. I mean, so you heard one people, you know, some media people were there. It's like he was way out of shape. Then you have some people like, nah, it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, guess what? It's typically somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So I would say he was somewhat out of shape. Maybe it was his allergies. Maybe it was a whole bunch of different things. I have no idea. But man, let him talk about it. I mean, that's no big deal. Hey, man, wasn't quite much shape. Uh, been out here fishing and traveling around for the draft, enjoying myself. I'll be in shape for the next one. Now I know what to expect. That's it. It's over.
2: It's done. And that's all you need to say. And he didn't say that. He didn't he didn't he, he wasn't put at the podium. They wouldn't they didn't put him at the podium. That was a decision that was made in real time after practice to not have him speak that
0: day. All right. So since you were out there, I wasn't out there. Mickey was out there one day. Mm-hmm. Who stood out, I guess, uh, real quick briefly, you know. Carl Phillips the
2: those. best player on the field. Um, Phillips, oh. Both days. Oh for sure. Um Kyle Phillips most most equipped for what they were asking him to do. Now, you know, you're grading on a on a scale of different positions. I, I thought that both he and Roger McCreary were the guys that caught my attention the most as being with it right out the gate. Um so you've got the second round corner making plays all over the place. Uh Theo Jackson was less, you know, noticeable consistently, but obviously he did make the only interception of Malik Willis over the weekend. Um but yeah, Phillips as far as what Rob Moore was coaching them on as far as wide receiver drills was concerned and him just kind of stepping right into it and feeling at home. I, that was something that was clear and obvious to all of us out there. And I, I felt really, really good about what they have in Roger McCreary, which, you know, if you've watched any of Auburn over the last three years when he's been playing, you knew that you had a really solid player with good experience against top of top level athletes, Alabama, Georgia, et cetera.
0: Mm. Well, we, you didn't mention Malik Willis. How can we go to hold it? He was a quarterback.
2: <laughs> he was a third rounder. I mean, how did he look? Because he's going to be Logan Woodside's backup until until further notice. Plain like, uh, you know, it, it, fine. Up and down, up and down is is the way that I describe it. Because they're doing. I mean, they're doing. They're building this dude from the ground up. He's
0: he's doing under center work for the first time in his career. No, that's not true. Um, he he's done center work on his own before he got to this camp. Rest assured of that.
2: Fair, mm-hmm. um, with the offense that he was running exclusively in the shotgun, yes, he would have. And that's a good. That's a good clarification, Blaine. I appreciate you doing that. Because he would have had that experience minimally prior to getting to the tights. Combine.
0: Game. I mean, his training, he knows it's going to be different. I mean, that, all right. of well, this thing about Marcus Mariota, was he ever in the center? No,
2: nope. not at Oregon. But nope. would have had, correct. Right. A, a, and, and Blaine Blaine would know this better than anybody because Blaine But trains it is a difference, though, don't get during, me wrong. No, but <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that you pointed that out because that's a cl- clarification that I honestly should have made, uh, made on the radio show earlier today. He, uh, he's working different kind of things. He's working footwork. He's working different kind of throwing mechanics that Pat O'Hara and, and Tim Kelly were throwing at him. And I thought he responded well every time he made a bad play. I thought, you know, he carried himself in a way where it didn't bother him. Right. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, positive. He is somebody who exudes confidence, clearly has athletic gifts that we're talking about, but has, has a lot of work to do. They have the benefit of having that time to work him up to that point where he's comfortable calling plays, operating in a different style of offense than he's been playing, whether you're working under center, whether you're working the shotgun, whether you're working with new players for the first time. And we'll see that progression as we go out there in the weeks moving forward. But in the meantime, like people understand that Logan Woodside is more equipped to do more things for the Titans offense right now, duh, than Malik Willis is. He will get to that point. He may get to that point if all goes according to plan. But right now it's just, it's super raw, which is what everybody expected it to be. Mm,
0: Completely agree with that. But I I can't wait to get eyeballs on him because I think he's going to skyrocket and he's going to give Woodside a run for his money by the time the season starts he sure as hell should it's <laughs> a third uh, round pick which side has been the quarterback killer uh buck thanks for killing some of
1: your time with us today <laughs> always great catching up with you. well you're just, you're a busy <laughs> man i'm not pre- time,
2: we be killing time We appreciate you spending a little what time with nonsense us nonsense is that I mean, yeah, you, this i value this time it's the only time i get to hang out with you guys during the week otherwise it's just like a high and bye as we uh as we passing ships in the night man, on the we're, way through we're this. always available We're <laughs> right here well hi and uh
1: <laughs> and bye because we got to go good stuff i Buck Rising, follow him <laughs> at Buck Rising. Haven't oh, you. What one? My favorite, favorite car growing up.
2: My favorite car. Uh-huh. What was your dream car growing up? Oh, that's a good question. I used to. My my, my mom was always very concerned with me because I used to look up uh, Jaguars when I was in high school. Like uh, you know, like sports cars. I don't know why Jaguars in particular spoke to me. I don't have a specific.
0: Oh, so model. Jaguars.
2: We gotta go. Bye bye.
1: <laughs> <Dream> <laughs> Blaine and Mickey one zero four five the zone. Blondie said, call me. You can call us. 615-737-1045. Blondie with that red Trans (laughs) Am. I bet Deborah Harry probably had a red Trans Am at one point. You you remember her name, man. uh Well, no, this lady is Deborah Harry. Oh, The three girls from my hometown with the Trans Ams were were Tisha, (laughs) Priscilla, Lee Ellen. Was this the same time? I mean, that song was probably on the charts when all this was happening, yeah. Probably getting listened to in those particular Trans Ams. We started talking about our dream cars today on the show. I don't know how we got there. No, man. You, um, you
0: just come up with these great, great topics.
1: Just keeping up with, yeah. coming up with funky expletive hits like every single day. Uh, speaking of getting hits every single day, Derrick Henry, we were talking about him with Ooh. Buck Rising.
0: I want to hit him.
1: <laughs> Bill Barnwell. So here's the thing, and I need to find this. We asked you guys, Jeremy Fowler again did a story about 28 people on possible contracts and he mentioned Derrick Henry He's one of the 28. And that was surprising for a lot of people because it's like, look, well, if the window's closing, I mean, maybe this is his last year here. If not, you got him next year under contract and then he'll be 30 when the season is. No, Fowler talked about him actually getting an extension from the Titans, maybe to lower his cap hits. And as Blaine said, that kicks the can down the road again. So, if you know sign him to anything one. else, then the cap he gets kicked on further down the road. And right now, it's just two more years if he plays. And if you get out, it's, you know, hardly anything. I, I want to say it's $3 million. I think Buck said there's no dead money. There may be like $3 million in dead money after this year, maybe.
0: i leave that to you. And
1: Spartan maybe guys. that was before June 1st. It may have been none after June 1st. Like, they're waiting to cut Julio wink-wink official until June 1st. Mm. Um, but we asked the question, we got several polls up, but we asked the question, um, based on what Jeremy Fowler brought up, would you extend Derrick Henry? He reports the Titans are at least open to a possible new deal with Derrick Henry. Should the Titans give the king a new contract? 59.6% said yes. 40%, 40.4 actually said no. This is some interesting stuff from Bill Barnwell, who's like the super analytical guy from ESPN, who writes all these analytical stuff. How old is he? He's twenty-eight. I know everybody's
0: talking about the injury. To me, to me, that was going to be a storyline regardless. Not even about the foot. It's just like, okay, his body's going to break down. They're going to still was going to be talking about injuries because of his age. It mm-hmm. didn't even matter. So the foot doesn't. but He played in a playoff game. So the injury to me is healed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, man. I mean, seriously. So it's just the. It's just the narrative is going to be with him regardless. It, it didn't matter if it was his foot. It's because of his age. So once you get to, you know, close to 30, all of a sudden it goes like, uh-oh, it's going to start going the opposite direction. That means downhill. So is he that much of a freak of a nature and you think that he's going to be? Then maybe you do give him an extension. If not, then you kind of treat him just like every other great back that's been in the NFL. So I I, I think I would hold pat on that. I mean, I mean, I love me some Derrick Henry and the King, but ooh, that, this one here, man, I don't know. You're mm-hmm. in a
1: position where you could monitor him this year and easily yeah. move on if you chose to.
0: Right, so I would wait. Yeah, I, I, would, I would wait for sure.
1: Bill Barnwell, after a league-high 376 carries in 2020. Derrick Henry was on pace for, I'll ask you, X number of carries last season. Do you know what it was? And remember, I think you went through it one time. I'm a guess of 500 465. Oh. He he had 376 carries and that led the league in 2020. That time. Like 370 is apparently the magic number that if you hit 370, it just breaks you for the rest. That's this odd horrible magic number for running backs that's bad.
0: And I would say Henry is a guy that could could prove that stat wrong though. I, I could say that because of his style and he it, to get him going, it takes a lot of carries. Yep. And then all of a sudden well, he's revenant. it is almost like warm ups. Like, well, the first 10 carries maybe be warmed up, warm ups. And then the rest of it is like, you better watch out. Maybe even less than that. There's a couple more things
1: on this I wanted to get to. Let's pick up the Derrick Henry discussion on the other side. So he was on pace for four hundred sixty five carries Uh Barnwell gives projections for him for next year. I think you'll find these super interesting. I think you'll find these really interesting, and we'll give them to you next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone.